Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of Live Well Bipolar. This is an exciting episode because I have a special guest for you guys. I am not alone this week, and this is a guest that I've recorded with before, and I actually recorded with him. We were talking right before this. It was March 27th, so like right after my wedding, and now this we are recording this episode. Today is July 24th, so months later, and I am so excited to have him here and just to get into his story because something that I'm excited to talk about, he is going to dive deep into with us today, and his name is Andrew, and he is a certified high school counselor living with bipolar one, PTSD, OCD, and also a graduate of the University of Miami and Rutgers University. He's a proud Puerto Rican husband and daddy of two, and he is going to be touching on his journey living with bipolar along with sobriety and also an important acronym that I'm going to let him get into himself for this episode. But Andrew, thank you so much for coming back to the podcast and being willing to re-record this with me. I'm so excited to see you months later and just get into these topics with you. Yeah. So uh, like Paris just said, I'm diagnosed bipolar one with psychotic tendencies, PTSD and OCD. I am a certified high school counselor, proud hubby, daddy of two, and then sobriety. Damn, I'll be I'll be two years, uh, August 6th. Wow. So, uh, yeah, coming on up, it's, I never thought, you know, I've said this before, I never thought in a million years that I'd be uh, approaching two years, you know, my history, you know, from when I was a little kid to, you know, 18, 19, 21 years old, you know, it was pretty out of control, you know, <laughs> super lucky not to have any DUIs or even worse. But after my last hospitalization, I just feel like something different needed to happen. And I, I'm not saying that this was the answer, you know, to all the issues, all my problems, you know, back two years ago, you know, because it's definitely not. It's just a piece of the puzzle. But, you know, it just happened. It wasn't intentional. You know, I was on new medication and, you know, me, my wife, we talked about it. You know, how about you just not take a drink, not have a beer, not... You know, let's see what happens. And then three months, four months, five months. And and right now, you know, it's, it's really hard for me right now. Um, I'm not going to lie. I feel like it's harder for me now than it was in the beginning. Uh, I feel like I'm in a really good place. And like a lot of people say, you know, eh, maybe I could have one. Eh, maybe I could have two. And for me, I know I shouldn't go that route, but it's a constant battle. Can I? You know, should I? Can I? It's. It's a lot of back and forth right now, and if I'm going to be totally honest, the one thing keeping me motivated, I'm super competitive. So for me to, you know, let's say it's 650, 700 days, you know, if I have one drink to start back down to zero, you know, I'm just super competitive. So I know there should be other reasons why I'm in sobriety. You know, you could say my wife, my kids, but, you know, truthfully, this is about me. This is my journey. You know, of course, they're part of it. But, uh, you know, that's a struggle right now that I'm doing this for me and, you know, to continue it. So it's a lot right now, but day by day. Yeah, no, and I love that you t kind of do the breakdown too, especially with mentioning it feels harder today than in the beginning. And then also you talk about if I were to go from the 650 days of sobriety back to zero, just because I'm like, oh, I'm doing so good. And I feel like you can relate that 
to bipolar disorder and being like, oh, I've been doing so well, right? For so long with my treatment, whatever you're doing, your therapy, medication, whatever you have that's working. And you can reach a certain milestone, like, hey, I'm hitting this number of days without hospitalization or going through a major episode. And then you can say, wow, what if I just try to change it up just a little bit and go kind of go back to it. But I love that you referenced having that competitive mindset. And then also the fact that you've been able to do, do this, not just for yourself, but for your family and then noticed a change for you, because that's something that I'm always looking to learn from people, right? Is that's the thing that I think is beautiful about your story too, is just that you're never done with the progress that you're making. Like you can always be able to, to see what you can do. And something that I re really stuck out from you when we were first talking is you sent me over an acronym. So you talk about the acronym RAG. So I'd love for you to get into what that is, what it means, and what role does that play in your mental health journey? So uh, actually, I got to give credit to one of my followers because she, I don't know, she or he <laughs> reached out to me and I had posted about it and they threw in that acronym RAG and I'm like, you know, sorry, but I got to steal it. But it stands for uh, Routine Awareness and Gratitude. I'm, I can't function without a routine. So, uh, you know, every day, you know, obviously every day is not the same, but for me, certain things that I do may, may be the same, you know, the way that I wake up, you know, bathroom, take the dog out, all that stuff. Everything's, everything has its place. So the summertime was really hard for me because like I said before, I'm a, I'm a certified high school counselor. So I'm off for a few weeks in the summertime. So Without me having my normal routine, you take that away, you know, what do I got? It's really, really hard for me in the summertime. And, you know, especially, uh, in my opinion, people diagnosed bipolar one summertime is just such a danger zone. So, uh, I really have to be on point and, you know, this, this might sound a little, little cuckoo, but I'm happy to go back to work right now because I get that routine back, you know, and it's hard for me to keep that for weeks on end. So routine is definitely really, really important to me. It's probably number one for me right now and with uh, all my different diagnoses. Awareness. Awareness is a, is a tough one to talk about because it's, it's kind of hard to explain. But I guess the best way I could say it as is I'm very aware, you know, not just with my surroundings, but my triggers and everything that goes into, you know, having a bipolar diagnosis, just being just being aware, feeling everything out and knowing if something's not working, then I have to do something different. And uh, just being very, very self-aware. You know, it's something it's hard for me to, to explain or talk about because it's just something that with time you get better at. You'll notice little trends in your recovery that, you know, every time I do this, it seems off or every single time I do this, it seems, it seems right. So uh, it's definitely a tough concept. It's very broad. And then G for gratitude. That really came into play my last hospitalization two years ago. It, uh, the third one was really, really hard for me, my last hospitalization. I just, I was really, really angry. And I was angry at the fact that I felt like I was doing everything right. And I still ended up in the hospital. So it was, man, I that was the hardest one, but it was definitely the most impactful. I swallowed a lot. I swallowed going in, just being there, you know, half the time I was very resistant, but then coming out of it, you know, I was just grateful to be out, you know, grateful 
you know, to in a in a messed up way start over again. So, you know, you look at the good things, you know, it's not always so bad. You know, my mom was a, you know, I've always said this about my mom. She uh, she always told me that there's always someone out there with bigger and worse, you know, problems that you'll ever have. You know, always going to be someone worse worse off than you. So, you know, for me, you know, beautiful wife, beautiful kids, beautiful home, beautiful career, you know, yeah, things get, get nasty and ugly every now and then, but, you know, I'm, I'm very, very blessed. So, you know, I throw that into the mix every single day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the way that you broke down what that means to you and where it came from. So you talk about having the follower reach out and, and mention that and you're like, hey, I'm going to take this and really like being able to break down the pillars and how that relates to the way that you live your life, because that's what really stuck out to me. Just seeing it when you said routine awareness, gratitude, I was like, okay. Cause that for me plays a huge part. And especially what you're talking about with being a high school counselor, having the summers off, you spend the majority of your time doing that and working with these students. So now you're off for the summer. So now what are you going to do spending your time? How are you going to avoid when you're seeing different triggers coming up again. But I like that you talk about the awareness piece of being able to see what those triggers are and then what you do in response. So when you react or respond this way, this is something that helps, or this is something that makes it worse. And then being able to understand that better. And then just really, like you said, to have that routine in place, despite what you're going through with how you wake up, how you start your day, how you end your day and then the gratitude piece too. And I love that you talk about how that came into play in the first place with your second hospitalization being like, Hey, look, I did everything that I was supposed to do. And I still ended up here and being very upset and angry at yourself and just for the way that this turned out. But then also remembering that message that your mom talked about is there's always somewhere out out there who has a way difficult situation. So being able to look at the things that you do have talk about your wife, kids, home, career, and there's people out there who can look at anybody and say, I would love to have this one thing that this person has that I can't ever think I could ever get there. So I love the way you break those those pieces down and really kind of put it together. In your journey so far with sobriety, I know that you mentioned this before, is that you never expected it to happen the way that it did. You never predicted it to happen the way that it did, or it wasn't like planned out. So can you walk us through how did it unfold for you no like I like I said before you know coming out my last my last hospitalization the third one um and that's also an anniversary coming up that was August 12th so the last time I had a drink was days before I was last hospitalized but yeah when I came out I mean it, it just happened like I don't it's not like I planned it, like, oh, I'm going to come out, you know, I'm going to try, try living sober. Like, it didn't, it was not like that at all. I only really noticed it, let's say around four months in, you know, I noticed it. And uh, I'm like, I thought to myself, like, I've never gone this long, you know, ever since I was a little kid. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm saying even preteen, you know, like 13, 14 years old. So... It just happened. Let's keep let's keep moving forward, you know. And I think I think a real um it was way before four months. It was probably less than two. I was still on leave and uh me and my wife went to Chicago for uh one of her girlfriend's wedding. And I remember thinking, like, oh my god, this is gonna be terrible for me. You know, like, 
you know, going to a wedding, everybody dancing, having a good time, and I'm not going to have a drink. And I remember being pretty proud that, you know, it was, it was hard, yeah, but it was, it really wasn't that bad. You know, it's, I never, like, you go to a party, you go to a wedding, you have a good time, you have a drink, you get drunk. Like, it's, I never, never processed not doing that. So I think that was a big, that, that trip to Chicago with my wife was a big, uh, you know, damn, you know, maybe, maybe I can continue with this. Maybe I can, you know, let's see how far I could go. And then, yeah, it's just, you know, day by day, like anything else. But, uh, you know, probably was hard for me is, and I, I mentioned this on the last episode I recorded uh, with my man, Jonathan. It's wild, man. Like, I never, I never thought that I could, you know, accomplish just two years. But, you know, it's, it's something I'm proud of. Yeah, but like I mentioned before, you know, it's really, really hard, you know, and, and I do mean what I said, you know, for me, it's harder now because in the beginning, it was something new. It was something fresh. So when you're doing something for so long and then you start questioning why you're doing it, you know, it's like, damn, you know, maybe I can have a have a drink, you know, and, and that's what I was going to say is that for me, what's hardest is when no one's home. No one's home and no one would ever know, especially this summer. And you know, no one would ever find out. You know, I know I could have snagged one or two in, but didn't go down like that. And even for, like, I'm big into UFC and MMA and, and fighting and all that, you know, that was kind of, you know, me time to have a beer or two, watch the fight, have a good time. And that's 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 for me. That's not other people. That's me. So, uh, yeah, it's not a, it's not about other people tempting me. It's about me fighting me. So that that's that that's my struggle right now. Yeah, especially when you talk about how you were associating drinking and then getting drunk with fun. Like you talk about the wedding. So like going out to Chicago and being like, how am I going to do this? Being around, you know, everyone's having fun. They're dancing, they're drinking. And then I'm just, you know, not. And then coming out and then just, especially when you talk about no one being home and no one's going to know. So if you are like, Oh, if I have a drink or whatever, no one's in it, No one's here to see that. It doesn't affect my count where you're like, I've gone this many days of sobriety, but then knowing for yourself what you're doing and you know, the path that you're on and the reason why you're doing it, because it kind of ties back into when you talk about the awareness piece of being aware of how I'm feeling when I'm drinking the people that I'm around the environment that I'm around, are they going to support me? in my decision to do this? Are they going to support me in my decision to say, hey, I'm on this path right now. I don't want to drink anymore. That was what I would do before. But that's kind of something that I noticed, especially when you talk about how you grew up, right? I think you said this in the last episode, like talking about having a lot of Coronas and stuff and then being like, now I'm going to have to change a lot of the way that I live, a lot of the people that I'm around. And it's really just about like you said, getting that routine down to where you are taking care of yourself and making yourself a priority to be able to be there for your family and for the reason of why you're doing it. It kind of all ties back into one piece. You talked about sobriety not being the answer, but being a piece of the puzzle. You talk about, okay, I made the decision to be like this. Now instantly everything's fixed. I'm never going to have struggles with bipolar again. Everything's great. I'm always going to be happy and not having any issues because I made this decision. I love that you talk about that and saying that this isn't the answer to all the problems that I've been facing, but it's a piece of that puzzle 
to how you've been able to start this journey and make the progress on it too. When you think about so far in your experience with bipolar disorder and getting the diagnosis, going through the three hospitalizations, and then making the decision on your last hospitalization to come out and then to get on this journey of sobriety, what difference have you seen in yourself compared to the way that you used to live your life to the way that you are doing it now? Man, that's, that's a tough question. Okay, I'll, I'll, gi I'll give you another story. I remember... I remember one of the last times I, I really got lit up. I, I it, was, it was like four years ago, maybe a little bit more. I went to one of my buddies' house, one of my coworkers. I remember like the first half hour of being there, just, just hammered. And uh, I remember waking up just blacked out, got kicked out of his house, took a cab, went home. And I remember my daughter was... She was probably a year, a year and a half, maybe probably less than that. And waking up in the morning and like, I can't do that anymore. Like just in my head, I say I'm okay, but I know I can't operate the way I need to if I'm like that. And it, it wasn't even about having a hangover or nothing like that. It wasn't like that at all. It was about that with all the medication I'm taking, with everything that I'm dealing with, and when you throw something that can... F you up that way, like all of my progress, like I'm jacked up, not just for a day hangover, I'm messed up for like five days. So, you know, it's not, you know, for someone that doesn't have this diagnosis, maybe a day tops two. But like, for me, I was realizing every time I was drinking hard, it would knock me out for four to five days. And I'm like, I, I just can't, you know, I can't do that anymore. And so for me, you know, going on the you know, my journey of sobriety, like, I don't, if I feel off, it's not because of that, you know, and if I feel off on a low, yeah, it may, might be four to five, six days, but it's, that's, that's a totally different feel. That's, that's harder to get out of, in my opinion, because I did it so many times, you know, at least, at least being on a low is sometimes, yeah, you don't have an answer, but I just felt like it's, that's a little bit more manageable than being so banged up for four or five days. So. That's probably the biggest, the biggest difference that I see, you know, being sober or not. Mm -hmm. The way that it impacts you and the memory that you have of talking about, Hey, this was like four years ago, or maybe even more than that. And just literally remembering how you felt and then sitting and being like, Hey, this is how I woke up. I got kicked out. I remember being blacked out and your daughter being one or one and a half. And then just remembering the impact that this has every time you do this. Cause that's the thing is what do you get out of it? And someone else described this too, is a list of the things that she had. It was a list of all the things alcohol has given me. And then the things that it has taken from you, aside from just like the way that you're feeling, right. You talk about the hangover piece and someone who doesn't have bipolar, you know, okay, you might have to take a day or the weekend to recover and then feel better. But then you talk about, you throw in your situation of, Hey, I'm going through figuring out my, how to live with this diagnosis on the medications, but then throwing this in and then realizing this is kind of like a distraction for the moment, but then really seeing the long-term impacts that it has on you and having that mindset of I'm doing it for these reasons and then laying it out like that, because that that's something that makes me want to think of something. I always like to ask everybody 
because on your journey, especially when you're talking about living with bipolar, right? Like, what does it even mean to live well bipolar for you when you hear that? What does it look like for you to live well bipolar? You know, I, I mentioned before being so competitive, like I grew up that way, like whether sports or just, you know, overcoming and, you know, when I was first diagnosed, you know, I'm, I remember the doc, I'll never forget her. I see her face. I have no idea what her name is, but gave me so much respect to break it down for me. And I thought she was going to say something else. Like I was dumbfounded, but like. I felt like that was okay. Now I have an answer. So let's figure this out. And it was definitely not pretty for, for a long time, but you know, I had that answer. And for me, you know, and I've, you know, when you talk about living well bipolar, I felt like, you know, something for me, you know, what really motivated me to want to live well. And I remember my daughter was about six, seven months. You know, I've, I've told this story before. And uh, I was I was banged up. Like, I, it was really bad. Post-diagnosis, getting back to work. It was bad for about three years. And but during that time, you know, I remember, you know, it was just me and her. You know, I, I, got, I got home from work. You know, no one else was home. You know, our, my mother-in-law was watching her at that time. And uh, just had a moment with her, just, you know, locked eyes. And I knew I was so messed up. And I, I never said anything to anyone until recently. But, like I, like, I had to do better. You know, I knew what I was doing wasn't good enough. So, yeah, it was that moment with her, you know, that I'll always remember that moment. That was unbelievably motivating for me. And, and that's something only I could do. Yeah, I could have a lot of help you know, by other people, doctors, my family, my wife, you know, all these people, all these resources, NAMI, I'm big time into NAMI, but like, that's, that's on me, you know, and, and no one but her, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love that you, that especially when you talk about being on me, and even with the supports around you, like your wife, family, and then coming out of the hospital. And I love that you tie it back to you're the one with all these things coming together, but being the one to make the decision, what am I going to do with it? And then being able to see her and know this is what I'm doing this for. So I can feel good for myself, but then also have the energy to continue investing into yourself and the work that you've done that bipolar can take away from a lot of people of when you have those periods where you're going through that depression or you're going through a manic episode or you're going through this this changes in the seasons with summer being away from school and different things like that but then adding things on that you know are making it harder but have been in your life for so long and i love that you kind of break that down into like what does it mean for me or like why why or how could I live well with bipolar? Like, what does that even look like? But then breaking down the control that you have at the end of the day over the decisions that you're making. So I love that you were just kind of tied that all together and the support that you've gotten from your family and just having these people around you. Cause I know that that's something that I really took away from when you talked about the awareness piece in the RAG acronyms, the talking about that and the awareness into how you feel around the people that you care for the most. Like, how do you feel when 
you're able to give your full undivided attention to your daughter without like the thoughts and hesitations of, I know I don't feel good right now. And I don't know, I'm like more, you know, messed up than I should be. And maybe I shouldn't have drinking this much or whatever. The thoughts that we always have, we tell ourselves, well, maybe I shouldn't have done this much or I should have stopped or whatever, but being able to not have that anymore. And, but to continue every single day, still doing the work on it. I think is not easy. And especially if you're talking about, it's not easier. It doesn't get easier just because you've done it for almost two years. I feel like some people might be like, wow, you've gone through your journey with sobriety. You're almost hitting that two-year mark. You probably don't have days where you're like, oh, I miss this old life or however I used to live. That's something that's super helpful too, to hear from you. And then where can people go to get in touch with you, to learn more about you and your story? Yeah, so... I haven't been that active recently, you know, it's been, you know, ending the summer and back to work. So I kind of been out of it, you know, the month of July, just, you know, I wouldn't even say it's a, it's a break, but it's just, you know, sometimes other things take priority, but I'm only on Instagram. Uh, my tag is bipolar underscore real talk. And, you know, just, you know, I talk a lot about rag and, you know, I'm, I'm big into motivation as well. So I try not to be one size fits all sort of thing. You know, I, I like I like to talk about a lot of different things. Um, but yeah, that's just spreading the word, you know, and I I, I believe you're you're part of NAMI as well, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. So I, I remember seeing that and I, I recently did a my group invited me to their to their house um about two, three weeks ago and I spoke there as well. So just trying to get more into advocacy, doing more episodes when I'm invited and just doing my part because we're a lot of people, a lot of people in our community are not there yet to even talk about it or they may never be there. So for me, you know, if I'm able to bring it to the next level and talk for the person that's not willing to talk or the person that just can't talk, you know, then why wouldn't I do that? So that's something you know, I'd say personal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no, I love, I love this conversation. I love that we were able to make this happen. I'll put all this in the show notes so you guys can get connected with Andrew as well. But I just want to thank Andrew, you for coming back out again, getting into more of your story with this and being willing to share your experiences with sobriety, with bipolar disorder, with hospitalizations, what has not been working, what has. I'm so glad we got to make it happen. So thank you so much for coming back out and making the time to be here. So I'm going to end it on that note and say bye to you guys and bye to Andrew. So bye. I appreciate you, brother.